famous last words for episode 23, Edgy T-Saw? No? No. <laughs> <laughs>
which is the Friday. Friday. About at 3 p.m. Yep. So uh, inside the convention center. Some people are in the Hyatt. Some others are in the convention center. We are important enough. <laughs> we tricked them into thinking we are important enough. Exactly. To be placed in the convention center proper. Yep. And so uh, be looking, at, be on the lookout for us because we'll be the ones with flyers handing out saying, please come to see our video presentation. There's only, only 108 seats. So get there early. Yeah. Like. Four hours before the beginning. Line up outside the door. <laughs> so I'm we'll sure have that. we'll have flyers and posters and all sorts of crap. <clears throat> Whatever we can dig up, make up. Exactly. Scrounge up. Steal. Yep. And uh, so keep an eye out for us. If you see us uh, handing out folders or ha folders, flyers. Folders <laughs> um, of flyers. Flyers of folders. Um, then come up, come on up and say hi and uh, stuff like that. Exactly. Buy us a drink. Because <laughs> we're even gets, funnier when we're drunk. <laughs> it gets better and better. That's right. I think I will um, bring one of my video cameras and okay. take some video of the event. Cool. Or non-event. Or non-event. <laughs> and make that a video podcast. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I'd like to try to, um, if possible, maybe even get a couple of interviews in the can. And uh, that way we can play them later on. Yeah. And uh, maybe even do a little fly-by-night coverage of what's going on. So A world of possibilities. That's right. And we need you to be part of it. That's right. So let us know who you are, where you are, what you're doing. If you're giving a presentation at TESOL, please let us know because we'd like to go see it if possible. And uh, you know maybe we can record it for you or for us or for whatever. Right. And if we really like it, then maybe we'll even interview about it. Interview you about what uh, you're talking about. That'd be cool. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool, because we have <clears throat> our bag of colleagues here that we occasionally pull from. Right. Um, but they're kind of stale and crusty. We need fresh blood. I exactly. Mean, new so we would love to, if you have something you would like to discuss uh, that you think is exciting, and I'm sure that it is exciting, mm -hmm. um, within the realm of TESOL, um, we cover mostly, as as you know, secondary and post-secondary education. That's right. Um, but we are willing to uh, go the whole right. yeah, gamut of, of ESL teaching. Yeah, from all the way from uh, pre-K all the way through elementary school. I would say starting in the womb. Yes. <laughs> whether, it's, whether or not it's beneficial to play English tapes into the belly of your pregnant wife or your pregnant self, depending on, you know. Um, <laughs> and all the way through up to just before death. I would say a looping audio MP3 player in the grave. There you go. That's the way to go. Yeah, until the battery runs out. Exactly. Yeah. And that way you'll you know, be able you know, to speak you don't to the other dead English speakers. <laughs> exactly. You know, they just speak Latin. So. <laughs> all right. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> Enough of this crap. I know. Banter's Sorry. over. Sorry. Um, well, just just one last thing on news. Okay. Is yes, please. Our numbers are growing. Yes. And we would, going back, sign up, register. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. That's right. Okay. Whether whether you have uh, something that you agree with agree with us about, something that you don't agree with us about, something you hate us for. Lob figurative tomatoes. For, at that's us. right. That's right. Um, if you hear something we say that's wrong, call us on it. Oh, we ain't afraid. 
I ain't scared of you. I'll take you on. That's right. Um, and uh, you know, if we're wrong, we're we'll admit it. I'll admit that Scott's wrong. That's right. <laughs> he did it. He's usually he's usually pretty good about that. So yeah, if there's something that you want us or you want us to or you want to hear our opinions about, we always got an opinion and we love to give it. Hence yes. the show. Yes. So um, with yeah. that, we move on. Yes. Um, today we are talking about who's. <laughs> I can't do that joke. Yeah. Alternative assessment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so today we're the main topic that we that we want to talk about and get uh, a little feedback on is uh, alternative assessment. Before we get to that, what is not alternative assessment? Well, I was going to say if you would have let me segue oh, for, for well, not really segue, but uh, anyway, <laughs> for those noob teachers out there, noob noob, what does noob mean? Uh, newbie. It's newbie. short for newbie. Okay. Teachers who don't know what alternative assessment is, can you please tell us what it is and or start with what it is not? Yeah, let's start with what it is not. Tests and quizzes. Gotta love them. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> now, tests and quizzes are what, uh, you know. It's what we grew up doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're over the age of 25, probably over the age of two, mm-hmm. most of your school life will have been fairly much pretty much standard assessments whether um, it be uh, multiple choice um <coughs> fill in the blanks matching right basically old school testing Spelling which tests. still has its place it does it does to I, some extent i don't like to admit it but it does um particularly in classes that you need to memorize lists mm-hmm. um and to a certain degree, you know, vocabulary is a list. Yeah. It's a list of words you know, and begrudgingly sometimes, you know, you need to have that stick. Yes. Of a grade. <laughs> well, I mean, we could go into, and this isn't the show for it, but making those old school assessment more up to date. Yep. But we've that's mentioned a it a couple of times yeah, in we class did. with we the, like, the vocabulary journals and stuff. Uh, did I say in class? <laughs> uh, you in, are our here. students. That's Let right. us teach you. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't go there. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so it's it's all of the stuff, particularly the standardized tests, the state tests. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Michigan, so we have the MEEP test, Michigan Educational Assessment Program test, and you take it in grades, what, one, three, four? Seven, ten, I forget. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a, a whole series of um, of standardized tests that uh, basically allow the state to see how the teachers are doing or how the students are doing. Um, are we did you, go, did you go to Texas? Uh, I did. did. I did. Do they have they have a similar deal? Yeah. They they do now. I can't remember. I'm sure we had it. I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure we had. It. I don't remember. Way you back guys then. have certified. Had the cert have certified uh, graduation for high schoolers, right? I didn't graduate in in Texas. Oh, you didn't. Okay. No. Okay. Michigan went to that where you have to uh, pass a certain test to be able to graduate, and I know a couple other states too, but I'm not sure which one. So, um, but those are all like the end all be all of sta- of old school regular assessment. But that that's 
at the grand scale of things. Right. Let's let's talk. Young that's the macro thing. scale. Yeah. Let's let's go micro. Good word. Good word. Micro. Into Biology? the classroom. Oh, yes. in the classroom. Back right. into the classroom. So into the classroom, uh, chapter tests, uh, quizzes like uh, vocabulary quizzes, or here are the names of ten people. What did they do? All the stuff that I used even to essay hate. test. Uh, yeah, I consider it a regular assessment. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a standardized, no, not standardized, but it's it's a regular not terribly creative although it can it has the potential to be more mm -hmm. but it's not it rarely ever is yeah yeah it's, okay i look at regular assessment as the regurgitation of information the ass of tests yes the ass assessment so yeah it's it's basically the regurgitation of information there's no um, critical skills. Critical skills. Critical thinking is generally not in the test. Oh, I mean, you might be able to argue a little bit for math tests, but uh -huh. we're not math majors, so math people get your own podcast. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but it's it's yeah, it's that horrible, terrible regurgitation of information that you forget within three weeks uh, because you crammed all of it in and for the test anyway, and it's all gone. Right now. What does so that leave us? Oh Man, you gotta get faster, <laughs> faster, son, faster. I'm trying to, to let you showboat, but you know I was getting that. Uh, so where does that leave us? So uh, <laughs> that leaves us with alternative assessment, which is an alternative to regular assessment, which is well. Another, thank you for clearing that up. Another option from regular assessment. So what what does alternative assessment involve? What are some forms of it? Okay, um, my personal favorite for like writing classes and stuff is portfolios okay um after a student writes something anything anything they write down goes in my classes goes into portfolio and so whether they're taking notes in class or everything it all everything they they piece of paper they touch with a writing utensil mm -hmm. goes into that thing and they go through at the end of the semester and weed out and you know uh choose their five best pieces out okay. of that to turn back into me and hopefully between i mean i give regular essays and stuff during the during the semester give them back and then the students have the opportunity if they want to go back and fix it right and improve it and i highly encourage them to do so because okay. their portfolio grade depends on whether or not the materials changed so <coughs> wouldn't the portfolio just be a rehashing It'll be a, a final grade that's kind of rehashed of their old grades? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's one <laughs> way. To, that's a horrible way to look at it, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how, how does the grading differ then? Let's say they made an A, two A, they have five pieces. Right. They make two A's, two B's, and an A minus. On the original papers? On the original papers. Okay. And that's after, when, when they have when they have the chance to re-edit right. or correct, uh, you they turn it into you, right. and you give them a grade. Yes. And then... I give them a single... Oh, okay. Okay. From the beginning of the semester, they do the assignment, they turn it into me, I give them a grade, give them back. And then they have a chance to fix that one. Right. And give it back to you... In the portfolio. Okay. There you go. Yep. They only get one shot to turn it in for that assignment. Uh-huh. And then, then it falls back as a portfolio work, so they can go back and rework it 
to maybe either, and usually what I do with the portfolio grades is did you improve it or did you not? And how did you improve it? And did you look at the things that I brought up to you right. and address those problems or ignore those problems or decide that it's not a problem, which is mm -hmm. potential as well. Um, so for writing portfolios, the nice thing about that is after this, the students have to go back and look at their work. Um, sometimes they don't, it, it, sometimes they don't go back and fix their work, but they go back and look at it. At right. Any rate. And so if you look, have them look at something from the beginning of the semester versus something at the end of the semester, the students have a really good opportunity to see, oh, look, I did something. This is my growth in writing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, the main value falls in that, uh, I believe. When you are grading for the first time yes. a paper, what kind of marks do you put on it? Squiggly ones. Cool. <laughs> I'm on the right track. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Well, how detailed do you go into um, editing it? And how much information do you write on it? Yeah, I go correct. broad strokes. Um, I go broad strokes as far as content, mm -hmm. and I'm a little picky when it comes to grammar and foolish mistakes. Well, do you write things like tense, or do you just circle it, or do you write the correction on there? Sometimes I write the correction if it's something that I don't think they've seen, uh -huh. or, or it's it's something irregular or odd or whatever. Okay. Um, I'm a little lazy, so by and large, I circle and underline. But, but that's good, because my whole point is that, um, depending on the students, I will either just make marks, um, if a word has been omitted or left out, I'll just make the little tent mark. Okay. Um, depending on the level, if it's a low-level student, I'll write in the word. Okay. But, and I also, I don't do the portfolio um, in that way, but when I give them their paper, if it's below a certain grade, I give them the chance to rework it yeah. and turn it in <clears throat> fairly like a week later. Yeah, if if they blow it, I do that too. Uh, if it's okay, generally I don't. I mean, it's kind of not fair, but right. my class. Well, like <laughs> I said, if it for me, I gave them, if it's a 90 or above, they don't have to. Right. And if it's lower than a 90, the highest that they can make on it is a 90. Is a 90, right. Um, so they'll rework it, but... My, my point is this, that it's easy for them to redo it if I've told them basically all the mistakes. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. if I if you just circle it and underline it, they have to do a good chunk of work themselves to better it. Yeah, to, to figure out what's wrong. And, you know, I used to, when I was first starting out teaching, I used to go through and mark absolutely everything and fix everything. And then what I found was I was writing my paper. Mm -hmm. The final paper that I got was I should have gotten co-authorship on because <laughs> it was it was easily half of my paper. I mean, right. You know, and so the grades were always fantastic, not deserved, but fantastic right. because it was my paper. But your grade was stellar. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So for writing classes, um, writing portfolio is my big thing. Um, what do you do? Well. Let's just focus on the writing portfolio. Okay, sure. For, for uh, let me play devil's advocate. All right. Um, that's all well Be and gone, good. Be gone, Satan. 
that's all well and good if you have a single writing class. I have 75 students uh, for writing. So if I Wait, did... Wait, let me get my little violin. I know, I know, I know. Okay. If I did the writing portfolio in that way, uh-huh. and that is the correct... That's one of the correct ways to do the writing portfolio. Mm. Don't, don't let me... Uh, don't assume that I don't think that. Right. Um, but then at the end of the term, I have 75 times basically five. Right. Okay. Which now. means a hell of a lot <clears throat> equals a hell of a lot to all grade. Now, uh, we didn't get there for what I do with the writing portfolio. Chunk it? Burn yeah, it? Yeah, basically. Um, no, not, not quite to that degree. But I don't go through each paper. Okay. And uh, the final the right final writing portfolio that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it they get it back if they come to my office and get it. So they get a grade for it. That's it. So I read through it. I look and see, compare because uh, I have them put the old version of the paper in as well. Of course. And compare and look and see, and then just get the overall. Did they improve it? Did they not improve it? Did they put any work into it? Is the quality of writing improved over what was originally handed in? Um, it's not, it's not going through and grading the paper okay. like the first time. Okay. It's, it's kind of an overall feel. This is, did you do the work? Did you not do the work sort of grading? But if they got an A on the first paper, <coughs> do they uh-huh. have to rework it? If there's something that I m- put a mark on. Okay. I mean, they can still get an A and still have things that could be better. Right. Um, so th- that's where, okay, you get, it's an A, but you know, for maybe one or two paragraphs, you uh, might write something like uh, your um, support is weak. Right. And so it's it's an A paper. It's maybe not a high A, but it's a good enough for an A. Right. For the writing portfolio, I'll look back and did they change any of their support or did they rework it? Or and if did they, they didn't, then they get a less score or they just get that but that that they initial. don't get they don't get in, they don't get individual paper grade scores. Okay. They get a score one score for the whole writing portfolio. And do you have a rubric or anything for that? That'd be nice. <laughs> Pointer lands on <laughs> yeah. C. Yeah, that's how I. What I had always, teacher. <laughs> it's, it's all how I feel that. Day. I mean, usually it ends up being a pretty close to an average of the the scores of the papers that they had in. The more they improve, the the higher it goes. I mean, you can't have give somebody who had Scott. All was I supposed to call you on that? Was oh. I supposed to call you on that, that not having a rubric? Sorry, man. Oh, wait. wait. Mike's still on? Yeah, oh. Mike's still on. <laughs> Shut up. Nah, I, uh, rubrics are nice. I like rubrics. The cube they got is really cool. <laughs> you know, the rubric cube. <laughs> um, I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, basically, okay, an average the, of the grades. Yeah, basically an average of the grades with, with the opportunity for them to improve it. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, you can't turn in four, three A papers, two B papers, and get a C on it. Right. Well, you could. I mean, you could screw them up. Oh yeah. It would be hard. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. So that's that's. Um, that's writing portfolio. Writing portfolios. So what's next in alternative assessment? Writing portfolios is mine. <laughs> oh, I gotta <laughs> contribute too. Do you want to? I got other stuff. Yeah, well, let's let's hear your right. other stuff. So, for speaking and listening classes, okay. um, uh, I love posters. 
Posters, posters, posters. Love posters. Arts and crafts time. Arts and crafts time. I dig arts and crafts. I think it's a very useful thing, although I've had students complain about it. This isn't an art class. Mm-hmm. It is now. Shut up and do your work. <laughs> um, no, what I, we do is usually after a unit, mm-hmm. um, although I don't do units, but for most people, they do work in units. So they'll, they'll have talked about something topic-wise right. for the last week or two weeks or however they're, they're set up, three weeks. And so what I do is I have the students put together a presentation. Now, I hate group presentations uh, with a passion. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they're fine and all, but usually if it's a group of five, there's four people standing around with their fingers up their nose and in their ears. Right. And one person's talking and nobody's pay- nobody is paying attention, including the members of the group. Right. So, me no like. So, what's the maximum number of people per presentation? Two. Absolutely no more than two. Um, three if your class numbers don't work. Uh-huh. Although usually what I do in that case... Just make one person give. Um, I, I offer extra credit for a solo. They still have to do the same amount of work as two people, but they get an automatic bump. So if it's, say, a seven to ten minute presentation, one person still has to do a seven to ten minute presentation? Yeah. Man. I'm, I'm evil, but I don't do seven to ten minute presentations. How, long's are, how long are your classes? Uh, 90 minutes. I do 90-minute presentations. How many students you got? Uh, 25. We don't have that many. <laughs> See? There's a trick. Okay. There's a trick. So what I do is I do a little thing I like to call museum piece. And rather than have one person or two people in the front of the class speaking for seven, five or to seven minutes, boring the tears out of everybody else in the class, including the other person they're presenting with, is I have everybody do it at the same time. But I split the class, and usually I, I divide it into two classes. So um, I'll go with, uh, if I have, so we'll make it easy, 24 people. Okay. Um, 12, the first period, the other 12, the second period. The first period is each pair goes and makes their poster on whatever, you know, how whatever piece, aspect, something that's related to the topic okay. that we're doing. They make a one meter by a half a meter poster or one meter by one meter poster if I'm feeling evil. Um, put it on the wall and have to have a documentation of where they got their information, you know, bibliography sheet basically. Right. And put it on the wall. They give the same presentation over and over and over through the whole 90 minutes. Uh-huh. And the other half of the class, the 12 people, walk around and just like a poster session at a at a TESOL conference, TESOL's in March this year. In Seattle. In Seattle. You should come. I will. <laughs> um, like that kind of poster session, whenever somebody walks up to them, they have to give their five to seven minute presentation. So the first time, it, it, it helps with them because they get a chance to, to correct whatever mistakes they had last time they went through it. Mm-hmm. They still give basically a speech um, for the whole time, and they have to react to individual audience questions because the audience is usually pairs, right. the other two pairs, and so occasionally, you know, it might swell to three or four. But they have to. It's nice because they have to give the presentation several times, and I can watch two at the same time, kind of one off, you know, halfway, half-heartedly, mm-hmm. and the other one, you know, getting the grade. That I have a rubric for. All right. 
It's a cube. <laughs> um, and so I do that for the first first half, or first class. The next class, when they come in, the other half of the group automatically sets up. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh-huh. I walk in. I'm like, why aren't you started? <laughs> and usually by the second time, I do this twice, sometimes three times a, a year. Okay. Usually it's the final semester grade for me. Mm -hmm. But that's the way I have my stuff set up. But you could do it after each unit. And so for grading that first group, do you let them have one go through before you you start grading the first group? Yeah, I let them. I usually let them get in into it, and mm -hmm. and I just kind of walk around. Usually, what I what I'll do first is because I give the posters a grade too. Is the is the information there? Is it um, correct? Did they use good visual aids? Do they have uh, valid information or pertinent information? Uh, on the stuff, um, on the on the topic, up, and so I'll give them. I'll walk around and do the grade the posters first, and then I'll uh -huh. go around and start to catch the the rest of the uh, presentations. But you got to be fast because sometimes you run out of time. Yes, and what happens when that happens? I cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's great. A lot of teachers now are going away from posters and into PowerPoint. Yeah, um, that's that is true, and for a standard type presentation, okay. But when it's hard to get six or seven powerpoints going at the same time, unless you have the computer lab, right? In which case, in which case, it is a possibility. But I kind of like the the hands-on aspect of the poster. Well, I agree. I agree. Uh, and if you offset those poster presentations, you, exactly, you do those for three times, and you do. PowerPoint presentations three, right. four times. Yep. I mean, not that the museum pieces, but in my speaking listening class, um, we'll, because it is a note-taking class also, I'll play them certain lectures, um, pulling them from different resources. So they'll listen to two or three lectures on the same piece, and I usually don't give them a written test. Mm -hmm. They'll have listening comprehension and that they have to answer things from their notes, and that's usually maybe a quiz grade or just a class grade, mm -hmm. uh, classwork grade. And then after that piece, I'll let them choose something within the realm of that topic to present on. Oh, cool. And so they give presentations. Um, yeah. I also have, that's my class that I'm doing my podcasting mm -hmm. for uh, communicative English skills. Yeah. And that's another Great. So well, the the thing that I have found with this museum piece thing, and I, I've heard other people call it carousel. Uh, I heard that there's an elementary school or a primary school somewhere in the states that's doing something basically the same thing, mm -hmm. um, and they call it a carousel. But um, you can still use it for writing classes, except okay, you got the poster. They still have to talk about it, but they also have to give you a paper based right. on their topic. So I mean, if you're teaching writing or if you're teaching reading. It, or just speaking or just listening, it doesn't matter what skills you're working on. Right. Or if it's a four skills class, even better, all right? They got to do the poster, the presentation, ask questions, write down their questions, rate their partners, or rate the rate the other presentations, and give you a paper. Woohoo! Mm -hmm. And you just get to walk around and learn new stuff. <laughs> Seriously. Teachers don't learn, man. Oh, wait. We're, we're yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's the one really cool thing about this is every time that I've done it, the students have managed to find something new for me. Mm -hmm. 
and they don't know that, but um, but I'm like, oh, that's cool. I did. I never knew that about whatever, and it's nice because they give me a bibliography sheet. I go check it out and find out if they were right or not. <laughs> so cool, cool deal. Well, any yep. any other things for? Um, well, using the video, the the podcasting and stuff, mm -hmm. you could totally do making videos uh, as an alternative assessment. Basically, with the the heart of an alternative assessment is you want the kids, the students, to use the knowledge that you have imparted to them or that they have gathered in a new way that shows that they have understanding of it. Right. And so that's a really cool thing about alternative alternative assessment. Too bad we don't edit. I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is a really cool thing about alternative assessment is it it's really open for whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do almost anything. Yep, time. Um, so we and and with that, um, we've only touched on two or three right. things. Um, email us. Let us know what alternative assessment you do in your class. And. We will and we will uh, talk, about, talk it. about it. Yeah. So if you have uh, if you have microphone, if you have recording equipment, tell us what you're doing, and uh, the bell is ringing, so we got to get out of here. Exactly. And the music's playing, so we really got to get out. Of here. <laughs> All right, folks. My my email is scott at education.org. His email is scott duarte at education.org. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you again next year. Take care. Everybody.